0: Welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. I have new episodes of the show on the way. In fact, they're already in the can, and you can listen to them weeks in advance. Patreon.com slash Brent Comedy for just five bucks a month. Right now, uh, over on Patreon, episodes such as Way Too High, stories about times people got, well, you know, Way Too High. Movie Urban Legends, Confessions with Augie Smith. Augie is one of my favorite comedians. He's a comedy veteran, over 30 years in comedy, and it's a confessions episode. The stories behind the songs, and one I'm calling Comedy Obsessions with another friend of mine, Stuart Huff, where we take a deep dive into some comedy legends. All that, plus about 25 minutes of unreleased stand-up is over there on Patreon, and... Three Patreon-only episodes. They'll never, ever, ever see the light of day. Maybe one of these days, but not anytime soon. That's all at patreon.com slash Comedy. Also, I have a full comedy special at whatonflatearth.com. Let's get into this episode. It's the Field Trip Podcast with Brent. Welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. My name is Brent Terhune. Joining me for the first time on the program, Drew Morgan. Drew, how you doing, man? I'm doing really, really good. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Good to talk to you. Before we jump into our confessions episode, another installment, let's uh, plug whatever you'd like to plug so people know where to find you. Yeah,
1: man, I have a comedy special out on Amazon Prime right now. You can find it by searching my name or searching Well Read, which is one of the tours that I tour with. I'm sure you've had Corey and Trey on before. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I've got a little mini special on the YouTubes out right now about the Tennessee drag band. You know, it's funny. We're recording this in advance. I'm going to get it out next week. I haven't set up on a title. So find Drew Morgan on YouTube (laughs) and you'll find about a 10-minute special on tennessee politics which is where i'm from so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's but it's fun it's funny there's a lot of dick jokes i promise
0: yeah and uh, i don't know why you would not be familiar with drew if you're listening to this show but i've had trey on uh trey crowder I've had Corey ryan forrester now i've completed the trifecta i have a uh, drew Ooh. morgan on the show uh you, t- you tour with a well-read comedy tour and you just tour as as you do you have a podcast as well
1: yeah, they can check it out, Gravy Baby Pod, mm-hmm. which is a podcast I do with DJ Lewis and Carmen Morales, who mm-hmm. are very hilarious comedians, and it's a fun one. That is the most fun I have. I edit it, and dude, I feel lucky that I get to listen back to it. You know, I'm like, damn, we yeah. were hilarious this week.
0: <laughs> That's always good when you you like walk away from something and you're like happy with it because you know, especially yeah. when I I don't I I assume it's like a lot of improvised conversation and stuff so it's like oh i was funny just because i'm funny you know
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's a big part of it and then also we ask each other what made you happy this week we say, what's gravy baby Mm -hmm. and i chose them specifically because they're like me they're kind of dirtball asshole curmudgeon personality types Mm -hmm. who are really good souls And it just makes me happy to hear them talk about what makes them happy. Like DJ's farming. He's a comedian, but he's also farming right now. Mm -hmm. And he also, for people who don't know DJ, and I mean, he sounds like a loose hair sound come to life. And so he'd be like, DJ, what's gravy, baby? Like, buddy, I've been working with these goddamn worms this week. Worms making my dirt full of nitrous, dude. My fucking greens are coming up. And it's just like, dude, how could you not be happy?
0: You know? About, yeah, about a farmer that's happy about his own stuff. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, so what is what is gravy, baby? What what's what's uh, ha- making you happy currently? I mean,
1: I guess the baby. You got to say that, yeah. right? Uh, you yeah. already told me that you wore the rosemary baby t-shirt in honor of my impending <laughs> uh childbearing or my wife's impending childbearing, which yeah. is funny because isn't that isn't that about a possessed baby?
0: Uh, yeah, the baby will be the spawn of Satan. So, and it's yeah. uh me a pharaoh uh, uh g- gets uh you know. It, it's a it's a rape but rape is a harsh <laughs> word so uh yeah she her husband sells her essentially to the devil so oh now that, you know, yeah no probably, i see uh, aren't as happy that i wore this uh rosemary's baby shirt to, to yeah, talk to you i see i see why you said it was in honor of me and my child and my <laughs> situation see now that you know more about the movie it's it means less so i apologize for wearing the shirt Don't apologize. Uh, I could
1: be the devil. I have a red beard, which that's always a funny thing, too. You have a red beard. mm -hmm. And uh, you've been on our podcast a bunch. And, you know, we've done stuff together. And you've done a lot with Trey. And I don't know if this has happened to you. I think we've talked about it before, and it has. Like, I've had people be like, oh, shit, Britt Terhune looks kind of different. Like, people think that I'm you and vice mm -hmm. versa.
0: Yeah. Well, and even with Corey, too. It's like, do you ever get compared to Corey? No, sometimes
1: post-show people will think one of us did the other one's jokes. They'll be like drunk and they'll just misremember that. Yeah, But it's funny because I, I think you got a b- bit of a receding hairline, yeah? No, I, there's, I, I, it's
0: not receding. It's just I'm getting more forehead. I have the yeah, same so, amount of hair, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what's happening is if they focus on you from here up,
1: mm-hmm. they're like, oh, that's Corey.
0: Yeah. And if they focus the, on you or me from here down, down, they're like, yeah. oh, that's, they confuse us. Maybe maybe I'm like the missing link. Like if there was an evolutionary chart, it's Corey on one side, you on the other, and I'm the middle. Because I would I hate you're to our compare. Baby. Yeah, I'm I'm your spawn of Satan.
1: Uh, yeah, you're Rose Harry's baby. Yeah,
0: I I hate to compare. I hate to say people look like me because I know what I look like. And whenever somebody will send me stuff and be like, "Hey, is that Brent or Hewn? I'm like, "That's what you think of me, man." That <laughs> that hurts my feelings. So. <laughs> Uh, it's it never only like goes George two directions, Clooney.
1: yeah, it only goes two directions for me. And I know that part of that is, and you got to be careful saying this, I think, as a comic and maybe just as a human, but I also know what I look like. And I'm like this close to being hot. <laughs> it, like, like I think I was facing the exact right way when my wife first saw me, and then mm-hmm. women have that thing where after that, and after that first feeling they have, they will latch onto it. So sometimes people will be like, "You look like Lionel Messi," and then okay, yeah. sometimes people send me a picture of somebody I don't know, and it, they're like, "You look like this guy," and it, it's Lionel Mess Hall, like it's just <laughs> awful. It, it's I'm like, that's what it is, but it's because like I have fucked up, messed up teeth. Can I, I can cuss on your podcast? Yeah, you can for- swear on this. Yeah. But I have a second. I was like, "We're on the radio cuz you have such a good radio voice." <laughs> oh, I didn't um, know that
0: about me. Thank you very much.
1: Weren't you on uh were not you a regular on Bob and Tom for a long time?
0: Yeah, I I'm, I'm a contributing writer and I've been on the show a bunch, but I went to to college for radio. So that's what I I wanted to do. It's one of my one of my dreams. So, and here are we are. Yeah, this is this is that, but not uh probably better well, benefits. Also- I guess it you you probably what you mean is you
1: wanted your own show, but I think being a contributor and a writer on one of the biggest shows in America, it, I think you got to count that. Out. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Brent, but you accomplished your dream. Sorry, I hate yeah. to break it to you. <laughs> you're like you're like a guy who's a backup center in the NBA, and you're like, uh, and it's like, yeah, I get I get it, dude. You worked your ass off trying to become Shaquille O'Neal, but like DeAndre Jordan's a millionaire whose dream came true technically.
0: Yeah, if if the, the only difference is, is I wish I was a millionaire now, currently, then I'd be set. But
1: uh, well, we definitely chose a dream where it's there's not a big middle class. Patreon and stuff like that's trying to change it, but there's mm-hmm. not a big middle class of comedy.
0: No, it's it's either uh Burt Kreischer landing in a helicopter or uh, somebody sleeping in their Honda Civic. That's how, that's how I bought cars. Is like, man, I could sleep in this. <laughs> she, got go a, she got a back seat on
1: her <laughs> uh but let, you, let's you choose uh you choose cars the way like my old uncles choose girlfriends <laughs> just like reliable
0: big back yeah. seat i'm in got a trunk yeah uh let, let's jump in or let's let's uh set the table for our our listener here we're t- uh, this is a confessions episode you saw in the title of this podcast but if you're un uh, if you're not familiar uh, you'll, you'll like the one I did with uh, Trey and Corey, but Confessions, it's a uh, Twitter account called Fesshole, and people will anonymously tweet their confessions into this account, and then they send them out. A lot of these are from the UK, so I have not pre-screened any of these. We'll just take them as they come, and sometimes we'll have to adjust for language because they'll say tube instead of subway or a brand of a thing, and we'll adjust. But uh we'll just read them and then react. And I know you said you had a confession as well, so we can we can get to that eventually. Yeah, I'm so pumped about all that. Uh here here's the first one. Uh this says, I once set up an auto reply on my email address, then sent myself an email to check that it worked. Several thousand responses later, I managed to sort uh the uh, the solution. So I guess they they messed up their own email thing and it created a big loop. That sounds like a Black Mirror episode, if Black Mirror was just lighthearted. Yeah, yeah, where nothing bad happened. It was just like I kept messaging myself, but then I was like, maybe it was me from the future trying to warn me in the past or something like that. Yeah, a
1: a spinoff of Black Mirror where it's like, listen, the creator of Black Mirror, he was going through some shit, and he wants to keep doing the show, but now he wants they let everybody know that technology might not ruin every aspect of our culture. So he's going to do some more lighthearted episodes. In this one, a Seinfeld episode with the with your email is what we're doing yeah. basically.
0: I I, I hate just, the auto
1: reply. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, George just furious I, or no, George likes it. And I kind of like it. You know I get lonely. Yeah. I tell myself, have a good day, and then I reply to myself, then I reply to myself,
0: then I reply to myself. <laughs> Jerry, he's stuck in a time loop. It seems like uh, George would be the guy that would automatically latch on to, like, what is it, a uh, chat GPT or whatever, the AI thing that will write stuff for you. George would have adapted to that early, and then he'd be like, I get all my work done in 30 minutes, and I just sit at the desk, and I pretend to be frustrated. They don't ask anything. Yeah, and then
1: it would circle back on him in glorious fashion by the end of the episode that he would have trained the chat uh gpt or whatever it's called too well so Mm -hmm. that loud car went by sorry he would have trained it so well that it would start to pick up on how lazy he was and then (laughs) it would start being lazy
0: yeah it would like have like an audible like it would just type z's in the middle of whatever he's right like he's asleep or something one of elaine's boyfriends
1: designed the program And that's how he got his hands on it early. And then he goes to the guy like, what the hell? And the guy's like, no, this is great. It's working perfectly. It's becoming you. This is what I was trying to go for. And he's like, (laughs) it's
0: not what I wanted. And then like somehow Kramer can't have a a human conversation without consulting the chat GPT first or something. I think that
1: or he refuses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's uh, like he won't even have like a flip phone anymore. I'm I'm
1: off the phone, Jerry. He won't even talk to George because George is messing with the robots.
0: Yeah. That's I think we're writing a new season of Seinfeld. It's <laughs> a pretty good Twitter follow to modern Seinfeld. I did. I saw that and I they had something where it was AI writing new Seinfeld and but it was like continuous nonstop Seinfeld. Uh, I, I never checked it out, but I saw that news story of like there's, quote, new Seinfeld stuff being written by computers now.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I wonder how Larry David feels about that. He,
0: yeah, he probably feels very strongly uh about it and has lots of opinions, I would assume.
1: Well, it's also it's you're right. But what I think is he feels totally ambivalent, but in the angriest way, <laughs> like
0: angry that you asked him you know what i mean it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't
1: matter why does everybody want to know about this who cares
0: robots <laughs> not robots what does it got to do with me i we uh my friend matt holt uh who's been on the show before but we had a he we had like a, a we called it a george costanza moment but it's more so a larry david moment but because he got mad that he ordered soup at a restaurant but this the bowl was a shallow bowl it wasn't a good size bowl and that's I feel like a Larry David thing where he's like, "The soup's good, but it's just it was a shallow bowl," like that's his grudge.
1: Yeah,
0: no. you say you say it's a bowl. I, you know, I guess technically it's a bowl. It's a little bit more like an ashtray, but yeah, that's uh, a deep you know, plate. What, look, this is what you call a bowl. You know, look, maybe that's what you call bowls here. I don't know. <laughs> and then, like, that's his boycott. It's, it's just a, and I mean, that ashtrays over here. Yeah. Um. Let's jump into another one. Once I had a girlfriend who worked at McDonald's. When the restaurant closed, she'd let me in. And while she finished cleaning, I turned the charity containers upside down and used coffee stirs to leverage coins out of them. I uh, recently gave a hundred euros to uh, whatever this uh, uh, charity is. But this guy's uh, what I assume is taking money from the charity thing. And and then he paid the hundred euros as penance. Yeah, he it's like, you know, those things that Taco Bell. Whereas it, it used to be filled with water, but yeah. I don't think they're filled and then you gotta turn the thing and drop the coin in. Yeah, he robbed of that.
1: Yeah. But then was, I'm trying to I'm trying to process the hundred Euros. He did that separately to make up for what
0: he did. That's what I assume. Like he felt bad about it. So back in the day probably didn't have any money. You know? I think this guy,
1: good dude. I'm gonna go ahead. I don't know if this is what we're supposed to do, but I'm saying this is fine because you And readers can look into this because I'm not quite smart enough to explain it, but all those charities are a grift. Mm-hmm. It's a total tax write-off thing that corporations use to be able to uh, pay less taxes but still have power. Mm-hmm. And obviously Ronald McDonald House has done a lot of good. I'm not going to take away that. I'm not going to rain on anyone's parade. They've they've helped some families. Mm-hmm. But in the
0: overall, this this guy's fine with me.
1: I like this guy.
0: I think that's the thing where that you you have a total and they say, do you want to round up for education or round up for whatever? And then I think that it's like they're able to claim that on their taxes to then pay less taxes, like you said. And then I also heard something where they're like they only pay a certain that once they reach a cap, then they just keep that extra money, I think is what I heard.
1: Yeah, I think that part's true, and then this this may not be true of like the McDonald's charity, but I know a lot of major charities. The Bill Gates one is one that I know for sure does this. They affect policy internationally. Like they're Mm -hmm. such a powerful entity that they can be like, well, you know, our opinion in this particular. We worked in that region as a charity for a while, and maybe this is the way to do it. And then you like follow the money, and you're like, oh, that's also where you mine the stuff you make your computer chips with, you know what I mean? It's like, it's all a grift. Yeah. So it's Good on this guy. This guy's a hero. I'm mean, here. Uh-huh. I'm saying it right here, right now that this guy, uh, is he probably is the one who stole Hunter Biden's
0: laptop. That's, that's how I feel about this guy. Well, that look, <laughs> don't get me started on that, uh, on Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> that's, that's like a, so I guess w- what we're saying are, uh, is just give, if you're going to give the charity, you just, you do it yourself. So, you know, directly yeah. where it's going.
1: Also, you have to if you don't know anyone in your life who needs money, you, then you need to get out more. You know, you can find people who need some money. Mm. I need some money. I got a baby on the way. Give it to me.
0: Yeah. Go to uh, you. Sh- we'll set up a GoFundMe right now. Search whose <laughs> name on GoFundMe and we'll set up uh the birth of your child. I like that. My favorite bit ever done. I set up a GoFundMe to
1: buy a U.S. politician, uh, because they're they're clearly for sale. And it was uh, what's the guy out of West Virginia who's uh, never votes with his party? Uh, he's he's a D, but he always votes with the Republicans. Uh, anyway, okay. I I set up a GoFundMe to buy him, and we raised like five hundred bucks, and then I donated that to, I think I think, West Virginia coal miners. I don't remember. It's been a few years.
0: That's a good like. Just hey, I'm up front. I'm trying to buy this guy, and I. I thought I, it was a great bit. No, it, it's good because it's like that's happening already, but it's just not spoken about. And you're like, yeah, I'm just trying to get this guy on on my side. I, yeah, it was also great too because we knew how much
1: money from the open whatever law mm-hmm. he had gotten from the big pharma lobby and from big coal lobby. Mm-hmm. So I was like. Oh, we can hit those. Like we know how much they gave him. That's how much he apparently. That's how much he costs. So yeah. give us that.
0: That's, that's his price is one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, per year. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, per, yeah. You gotta you gotta get that again. Uh, do, do you know all that stuff? Because you're you're. Correct me if I'm wrong. You have a background in law, right? I, I have a law degree. I I don't think that's why I know that stuff. I do think that's why
1: I can parse through that type of information mm-hmm. pretty quickly and then synthesize it in my own brain fairly quickly. I'm yeah. not as good as, well, Trey, for example, at then, like, spitting it back. If I were a teacher, that would be the part I would struggle with the most. Uh, so, yeah, semi-related to my law background, but I never studied that. I studied criminal defense. Okay.
0: and like, Which, I,
1: I guess that's related. <laughs>
0: <White> yeah. Yeah. <collar. laughs> You're, tr- you're trying to buy a criminal, uh, essentially. Uh, <laughs> did you ever, were you ever, you got your law degree? Did you ever represent clients and stuff?
1: Yeah, for almost four years, uh, Miami Dade County and then Knoxville, Tennessee.
0: Did you, uh, obviously, you enjoy what you do now better than that because you're not doing that anymore, as far as I know. But yeah. did you, did you like doing that?
1: So for me, going to trial or doing uh, courtroom work was the biggest thrill in the world until it was real. So in school, trial practice and mock court, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, that was my shit. I was good at it. I represented the school, even though I had the worst grade. I had the worst grades on the team. But, buddy, I could stand in the liver, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when – I went to. I was a juvenile public defender in Miami Dade. That wasn't that bad. When people's lives really started to be on the line, uh, it messed with me pretty badly.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's. I imagine it's hard to leave the courtroom and not take that home with you.
1: That system grinds everyone up who works in it or who comes comes in contact with it. No matter mm-hmm. what, there's no happy endings. Even if the right outcome happens, someone didn't do it and they get a not guilty. Yeah, but their life was ruined. Well, someone yeah. did do it, and we put him away. Yeah, but then there was a victim. Like it's it's
0: all bad days. Mm-hmm. Do, have you used? Because uh, so many comedians were our lawyers. Like Greg Giraldo was a lawyer, right? There's a yeah. uh, Sally Brooks. He went who's to law school. I don't think he ever practiced. Okay, yeah, <laughs> he, he but was he was smarter than all of us. <laughs> do you think that's like? I don't know. I I find that it's like one profession that gravitates towards comedy. As lawyers, it's like you got to you got to take a premise and then defend it. Do you think that's that's what it is? Yes.
1: Yes. I think that there's only about four ways that I know of to do comedy. Well, four ways. And then Maria Bamford, no clue what they're, she's doing. And it's, <laughs> a lot and of it's voices. Amazing.
0: And uh, yeah, but it's great. You know,
1: I don't know what the trick is, but she's genuinely one of my two favorite comedians alive. But yeah, there's about four normal ways to do comedy. Uh, Geraldo Burr. Chappelle. A lot of those people do what is essentially here's an argument and I defend it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Burr flips it. Burr starts with the conclusion and then works his way backwards, which is pretty cute and cool.
0: I I never thought about comedy in that way. Like try to analyze it because I I don't know if I I just know what I do and Mm -hmm. I I couldn't tell you what I do, I think. (laughs) Like as far as stand-up wise, you know?
1: Yeah, I was resistant to analyzing it for a long time. I think I thought either I'll it'll lose some luster for me, or I'll try to like then start cracking it, and that'll take away from some things. Mm-hmm. And then I actually watched a TED talk about these guys at the University of Colorado Boulder who were trying to analyze jokes from mm-hmm. a socio sociological point of view, and uh, and I thought I almost like hate watched it. Like all right. Mostly what these nerds are talking about. Yeah. And it was rad. Mm -hmm. And it was, it reminded me of when I learned about music. Instead of making it lame, it made it all the more magical. It was like, whoa. So I think that's when that started for me. And then also, it is just the type of brain that I have. And I think that's the other overlap. It's not just that law can train you to do comedy in a certain way. It's also that your brain works that way. Mm -hmm. You have this brain that just kind of breaks everything down. And that's a good way to be fun.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. So what would you say is your style out of the, yeah, the it's, people it's, that you, it's all that.
1: It's definitely we, no. Well, the people I was listening, were all in the same style, which is the argument style, which okay. is basically I'm going to get up here and um essentially make an argument and you can build it one way. You can start off with a premise and then defend it and then come to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what bird does, is starts off with the conclusion and then and he goes, hear me out. I don't read. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, he he, like he opens with never hit a woman. Never. And it's like most comedians would build you up to that statement. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's I I think I'm in whatever that vein is. I'm in the vein of hitting women. No, I'm in the vein of (laughs) making an argument to people uh with with a little bit of observation which Mm -hmm. is one of the other of the four styles like kind of the seinfeld i'm not like seinfeld in my delivery at all but i also have a little bit of observation like oh these two things are the same and then i make that argument
0: you know what i mean because these
1: these categories in my mind they're they're it's a venn diagram and you fall somewhere on it you know
0: yeah and it's it's you probably incorporate i i imagine if you've been in comedy a long time you um, incorporate a lot of all those styles, but you could probably pinpoint here's the source of it, and then then you use all your tools. And you you've I've gained tools over my career, you know.
1: One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. It's also I just saw my good friend Caitlin Palufo do a long set last night, and I haven't done a show with Kayla in years. We kind of came up in the New York City together. Mm-hmm. And uh and I know I'd seen her in years since then was you know, on late night, you know, old girls crushing it. But seeing yeah. her do a long set, I was like, whoa, your act outs are on. I don't remember you doing, you did one kind of act out when we started. Now you got like all these tools.
0: It was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. It's, I've, I felt like I've been more comfortable at least being silly on stage or with my body, even. And it's, it's like I'm not even doing anything groundbreaking, but it's like I, I try to make my face the joke as well. You know, it's just, but uh, you- you saying I'm becoming more comfortable with my body is already funny to me. Well, you know,
1: because I know it's not what you mean, but I'm imagining you just up there just exploring yourself. You know what I mean? Like eat, pray love 25 year old <laughs> woman coming into her own style.
0: Yeah. If you want to watch, watch. But if you turn away, I I'll, I, I get it too. But it just <laughs> being on stage, like using your body. That's extra punchlines and jokes. And it's I was always for a while monotone and. Here's the joke, and then I'll move on to the next one. But you can really ring out a, a joke and a premise by just adding little things to it that goes, They will take you so much farther in punchlines and laughs.
1: For sure. And you are a really good actor, and I've seen that as your online presence has grown. And it's subtle because the way you deliver, the way you speak on stage and off is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. And so there's this subtle thing you have like a midwestern sort of flat accent or whatever, unless you're doing uh, the, the, uh, the the conservative yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you you like you have this sort of deadpan acting style that serves you well. And of course, it would be a shame if you were still doing it the way you were doing it year two, rather than employ the fact that you can convey emotion with your face. You know.
0: Yeah. Oh, thanks. That's the thing. It's like it's hard for me to tell people about me. I need what you did to, like, if somebody's <laughs> like write a bio, I'd be. I don't know. I don't know what people yeah. need to know about me. But thanks for the compliment. Yeah, uh, we'll go
1: see Brent Terhune, everyone. He's uh he's really good at, uh, stand up comedy punch lines delivering the jokes but also act outs are underrated in my opinion brent Hume <laughs> can do a character
0: uh i'm using my body baby look out uh <laughs> wait, this guy mentioned that his girlfriend worked at mcdonald's you you were a lawyer but before that what other jobs did you have
1: uh, trader joe's which was kind of post-law mm-hmm. so when i moved to new york uh let's see i worked as a plumber slash electrician i mostly i just dug holes for people who knew what they were doing yeah I painted i did a lot of service industry work mm-hmm. in multiple countries i've done that uh around what countries? the world i guess uh australia south africa
0: and then you know just the united states i didn't know that you were that well traveled i didn't know that about you
1: yeah it, people i think it's my stories are wild, and I'm, like, growing into being able to tell them without feeling like I'm coming across as weird. Like, I met Nelson Mandela. Like, I peaked in college. I was, mm-hmm. like, supposed to be a senator, and then I don't know what happened. I think I just – I confused uh, fear with integrity. Mm-hmm. Like, I th- I was, like, making good grades and on my way to law school, and, like, my life was probably going a certain trajectory. And then I was like, oh, this is fake. But maybe I was just afraid of it. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, yeah, dude, I met Mandela. I lived in Australia for a little while, just, like, hanging out, making out with Brazilian chicks. That was kind of me putting That's off cool. my life. That yeah, was cool. I used to be cool, man. Now I got a <laughs> baby, so.
0: Yeah, it's a, I, I imagine you, like, in a in like a, I don't know, crumpled on the floor just being like, I should have been a senator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel that way. I think I was mostly doing a bit, but...
1: I guess what I was saying is those stories are they're almost uncomfortable for me because I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Like I was friends with Nelson Mandela's grandson. I, mm. I know that's wild, but I was.
0: <laughs> yeah. How was Nelson Mandela? Did you say anything about me? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Not a fan. That's so that's <laughs> so
1: funny, dude. That's so funny. <laughs> like, Mandela like pulls me in. he puts his hands like on my cheeks and like stares <laughs> right into my soul. And he goes. You tell Brent Therhune. <laughs> <laughs> I do
0: not like it. He confused me. The first three videos, I thought he meant it. I didn't care for it. What What? What was your uh, interaction with Nelson Mandela?
1: Uh, I offended someone who worked for him because I put my hands in my pockets because I was so nervous and you're not supposed to do that. Okay. We spoke for very briefly. We were walking to meet him. I was with Mondla. Mondla was my friend. That's his grandson. We were walking to meet him and Mondla was kind of telling us how to act. You know, we're gonna walk into the table. There's gonna be a line of people greeting him. Uh, You wait in line. You know, it was gonna be very brief. And then Nelson had to pee, so Nelson had to go to the bathroom. So he's on his way to the bathroom. Mano's explaining to me how to act as Nelson Mandela approaches, and he glows. He vibrates on a different level. Like Mm -hmm. you know, and part of that's like what you're bringing to it, your expectations. But dude, part of it, I mean, that dude vibrated like he, his energy was different than most people's. It Mm -hmm. was incredible. It was a, it was like this weird confident piece. I don't really know how to how else to say it. It's almost like I
0: don't know. But it's like I you know when you it see to. it though, you know it's like you could. I imagine The Rock is that way, which I'm I am comparing The Rock to Nelson Mandela. <laughs> but it's like some people just ooze charisma, and it's just like you could go in expecting not wanting to like this person, but you just leave thinking like, man, this guy. Has it all yes. for whatever reason. So,
1: it's, so Hollywood has a version of that, that The Rock is, that is palpable and you can see it. And most people know what that is, even if it's on a small level. Mm-hmm. The most popular guy at your school or your job or whatever has like a tiny per- tiny portion of that. Mm-hmm. I will say that I do feel like Mandela's was a slightly... Going back to the comedy thing, if there's four ways of doing it. So maybe there's four ways to be the most charismatic powerful energy in a room yeah mandela's is one i have not really seen elsewhere mm-hmm. since or before
0: that's yeah that's nuts uh, who would you say all has also possessed similar things that you've met in life is there anybody that comes to mind
1: compared to nelson
0: just uh, yeah i mean you, you, it sounds like nobody's gonna first name nelson, like but, he's my best yeah. friend
1: <laughs> uh mandela's was completely different Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that was a completely different thing people that i've met in my life that have had it um bill clinton okay he's got what i imagine the rock has who i've never met adam sandler has a very different thing it's a quiet thing Mm -hmm. and it's almost like um he doesn't need it anymore yeah you sandler clearly needed it i mean you got snl at 20 you don't get that unless you really need a lot of attention and stuff but i don't think he does anymore
0: that's why i've not been on snl because i just don't i don't need that you know (laughs) (laughs) so i think he i think he had it
1: um let's see that might be that might be my short list yeah
0: and what context did you meet bill clinton
1: uh, I mean, I can't even say I met him. I just like kind of saw him at a been around at a con, him. yeah, at, a, at okay. a politicon thing, and it was like, okay. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but it's it, sometimes you could just watch people work a room, and I don't, I don't possess that skill, and I don't really want to i if if they're like do you want this skill i'd be like yes but i have no desire and i know it's weird for a comedian to say that to be the the center of attention i only need that when i'm on stage i don't want i think most comedians feel that
1: way i think most comedians feel that way i do think it's detrimental to our careers though the comedians who have both i think if they can maintain a sense of mental health they do better
0: oh yeah i think so for sure it's there it's that extra step of I don't I think I've learned to do it now but it's like if you're in a a meeting trying to pitch something it's like you got to be your own champion and I've never been that but now I've I at least have come to terms that I got to brag about me because nobody's gonna brag about me you know that that's that's among the many things that made well read so special for me
1: was like and it's not really over but it's definitely we were touring less together. We're pitching things on our own and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like it was nice to be in a room in Hollywood and, and I could say no one can do what we do. That felt so much more comfortable than ever saying no one can do what I do. First of all, because right off the top, I wasn't sure it was true. Like I felt like I had two guys with me who we, we complimented each other, but we were doing similar things. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, we're trying to pitch a TV show. That we were trying to convince these people, if you let what we do into the cultural zeitgeist, it will be a game changer.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: could say that so confidently, and I think partially it was like because I know these guys. Was, fuck me, but like I know what's coming. I've been there when we were hanging out, and we're coming up with this. This idea is fucking great. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's like even even if I uh, fail to show up on the the day, I know these two will have my back. And it's like you you you. It's like that rapport that you really can't manufacture it's only yeah uh through years of knowing each other and it's that finish each other sentence type bullshit you know
1: yeah and it's also like the project that all that led to that i'm pitching you right now i totally believe in 100 and it's not a lie and i'm not faking it there are comedians who just feel that way about themselves they are their own project that's rare in our business i think it seems like it wouldn't be but i do think it's rare well it's rare for somebody to have that and have the talent to go with it yeah and uh and i think those people do have a leg up because i think they know why they're funny earlier i think Mm -hmm. they know why people respond to them earlier like dude it was year i was being funny on stage for years before i had any clue why anybody was laughing
0: yeah it's it's that's the funny is there but then how do i lasso that and do it again and then again and then again, you know, that
1: type
0: of thing. Yeah. Uh, Let's do another confession. This one says I'm I'm 40 and have never settled down. My mom is always asking why I don't stay with a woman and have a family gets angry when I don't talk about it. Truth is I've been talking about it to a shrink for four years. I don't have the heart to tell her. It's apparently all her fault. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I love about who there is the word apparently, yeah. Because
1: it, it 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 makes you makes him at least seem like look. I'm not trying to blame
0: my problems on my mom. Mm-hmm. I've been talking to this fucking shrink, and it turns out it was that bitch's fault the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I have an outside source that that she doesn't even know you, and she and he thinks <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah, it's it's that one that also that mentality of this guy is forty. I assume it's a it's a man. I think, Uh but yeah, it's a man, Uh but. It's like the you get those family members that are like, when are you gonna give me this and when are you gonna give me that? I was like, that's that doesn't help that outside pressure. It's not it's it's not gonna come any quicker. And if it does, it's going to be almost forced and manufactured to make you happy.
1: Dude. So here's a plug, another plug for my special. Everyone, if you want to watch a good joke and then know the real fallout from it, mm-hmm. I had a joke on my special about that, Brent which I recorded well before Andy and I did get pregnant the joke was my in-laws and my parents pushing us to have a kid. Mm-hmm. And there's a line in there where it's like, my father-in-law is like, I'm, I, I say my father-in-law is like, when are you going to have a kid? When are you going to get pregnant? When are you going to get pregnant? When are you going to get pregnant? I don't know. When are you going to die and leave me this house? Let's talk about the future. <laughs> and it made him really
0: mad. The, the joke that the joke made him. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's uh. The tables have turned, I guess. <laughs> to me, it was just the funniest way to express that
1: frustration. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to me, it was, it's not like I want you to die. It's don't you see how talking to people about the next step is none of your business, mm-hmm. but I can see how it sounds like what I'm joking is, oh, I'd love to have a kid. You just, you've got to die first, which is not <laughs> what I am in at all.
0: Yeah. And uh, now I, has he since cooled down from that? No clue. We're not a big talking
1: family. You know what okay. I mean? We get along great when I'm around, but I'm in L.A. We're not a phone family is, I guess, what I should say.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. I'm not a, f- a phone person. Anyway. I, I, I really don't like to talk on the phone. for. Yeah. for that That's, that was like pretexting. I don't know. It's Plus just I, never been my thing.
1: I got her pregnant. He's got to forgive me.
0: Yeah, and it's also such a weird thing of when you guys are going to have kids because essentially he's like, hey. Keep fucking my daughter. Oh, I put that line
1: in there too, and I thought that's why I was mad. Uh, okay, but uh, but I, I thought it was like, oh, because it was like gross. Because I that's not the way I said it was, oh, are you asking me when I'm gonna finish inside her? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but apparently that one annoyed him. But the other one, I, I, I could be wrong, we didn't talk because we're men from the south, yeah. so either way what I'm really trying to say is yet again, I'm on
0: the fess hole person side. I, uh, that's where I'm at. Apparently it's all his fault. Apparently. So does, <laughs> Apparently. Uh, now that when the, him being mad that your special came out uh, a month or two ago, that's, that's a fairly new anger. He saw it and was like, I don't, I don't like that. Well, again, right? all this is sort of coming through filters, but yes. Okay. Okay. I just need to know how, when the anger came about. So, I get yeah, that. Yeah, it's not like he went and saw me live. Ah! <laughs> yeah, sh- yeah, to show up to your show. Had they seen you live? Or was that the first time they saw you do stand up?
1: Andy, have your parents seen me live? I think they once in
0: you. the once at the Bijou. So
1: uh and they hated it. Why did they hate it? Because uh, for well, whatever reason? Uh well for one, Corey went hard in the paint. On politics just in that particular 30 years running at that time, and they're which is your fault,
0: by the way. Which is, yeah, it's your fault 100%. Your...
1: <laughs> well, it is though, that's fair. Like when I met Corey, he had no politics, mm-hmm. we painted him a burning ham, you know what I mean? Like we really yeah. <laughs> got in there, so but they didn't know that, so that was annoying to them. And then I, you know, we cuss a lot, I cuss less now, not because of them, but because I want to make more money, but um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just didn't enjoy themselves. It wasn't for them. Yeah. I think Andy's mother called me an iconoclast, Mm -hmm. and she meant it passive-aggressively. And that's like a weird word. It's got the word icon in it. But what it means is someone who rails against
0: anything that people love. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If something's popular, now you're like, let me tell you why that's stupid. Yeah, it's like a contrarian
1: who wants to go for sacred things specifically. And to be honest, pretty good assessment of not my entire personality, but like half of it. Yeah, she's yeah. not wrong.
0: She's good <laughs> with words. Uh, let's let's jump to another uh, another one. Uh, this one says yeah. met a guy uh, playing online, playing PS4 online years ago. We never met in real life and would just talk and play games as friends until one day he admitted being obsessed with me and sang the full Bruno Mars song marry you uh down uh down the mic to me so on the mic cringed so bad and deleted him and never spoke again so i assume this person is a woman or it you know could be a man it'd be a I lot wilder it's... if they were catfishing the whole time yeah what a, i don't i never really watched that show but i that's got to be a a weird catfish is the through via ps4 you know
1: yeah, and this isn't a catfish situation because catfishers love that when the other one gets obsessed with them, so they would have stuck around. Yeah, man, that had to have been really hard. I wonder what the age of the singer was. It sounds like a young person. Mm-hmm. That, that had to have. That's that's how. I know that most of these are from like a different country, but in America, that's how incels turn violent.
0: Is when that kind of thing happens. Not that it's the person's yeah. fault; it's still their fault. Yeah, they went from playing Call of Duty on PS4 to real life because nobody would fuck me, and, and specifically this person who I sang to, who I thought was going to fuck me. <laughs> I don't want anything me. to. I don't want anything to do with Bruno Mars besides this one song to convince you. <laughs> uh, yeah, just have you ever had an online relationship like that where it's the The internet is kind of that now where you're like not a romantic relationship but it's like oh yeah my friend by the way whom i've never met in real life but now yeah. that's the world we live in yeah um
1: i have not had an online relationship uh in that way at mm-hmm. all romantic or i guess maybe there's a few friends i think i met them all in real life even if i first interacted with them on the internet i think yeah. i met most of them in real life i think i'm I'm an, I'm a slightly older millennial, but being raised rural, I got a lot of Gen X in me because mm-hmm. we didn't have the internet until like a decade after everybody else got it. But that kind of that kind of segues a little into my confession. So can okay. I... All right. So I have this neighbor uh, that I haven't lived beside in years. Mm-hmm. And I follow him on Instagram and I know what his Instagram name is. Mm-hmm. And I also know the general world he vibes in because I follow him on Instagram. He was a great guy. He was a lot of
0: fun. Yeah. Now uh, is this person aware time... that you still follow them?
1: He's aware I follow him on Instagram. That's okay. not the confession. Okay. Uh first person I did acid with. I was being on the pervert side of Reddit recently. Mm-hmm. You know, as I do, being getting into some nefarious situations. And I saw a post with the username close ish to hit to the one he has on Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, and also it's, I don't know how to talk about this without getting into some details. Like he doesn't put anything weird on his Instagram, but he makes it clear. He goes to like fetish parties. Yeah. He makes it clear. He he makes it clear. He goes to like industrial shows with Mm. girls with green hair. and, And he doesn't hide the fact that they are, Sex workers, the girls. Okay, they are. They have an OnlyFans. So mm-hmm. I see this, and I am like, and I looked, and I saw a tattoo on his leg, mm-hmm. and I went over to Instagram, like a total. And by the way, for people listening, I am like ninety eight percent straight. None of this was a sexual stalking. This was a yeah. total. Whoa, this, this was more weird, internet detective. Cool, yes, and uh, confirmed it, mm-hmm. like one hundred percent confirmation. That he posts anonymously on Reddit, but I know that it's him. I haven't told him. I don't think I'm going to. I didn't mean to do it at at first. I I guess I took some steps after I realized it to confirm it. Yeah. But I've been, I've been, I've been checking out, I've been checking out some of his work and I feel (laughs)
0: like a dirt ball, but I'm into that. Yeah. Where we've got a new way to be a voyeur. It's it's no more are you, Marty McFly. In a tree or, you know, George McFly looking through the window. You can do that on the Internet.
1: And I feel like a total creep. And that's my confession. And if he ever found out what made me think of it is like, you know. Yeah, that's weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Internet Mm -hmm. real life.
0: Overlap can be weird. It, it is because you can present, we've all are presenting ourselves in one way. We are all, yeah. m- most of us are posting our W's. Rarely yeah. does somebody post, uh, here's how shitty my life is. And that's <laughs> where the internet becomes toxic because uh, we know our real life, but we're all seeing everybody's uh, Mercedes and mansions, you know? Dude,
1: let me give, yes, let me give you a flip side. There's a fan who interacts with me on the internet a lot who i just find so annoying mm-hmm. and they were like i'm coming to a show for the first time and i was like "God!" and it was an independent show so it's not like with well red we're like there's a green room there's like a dude by the door in case somebody tries to murder trey or whatever legit i don't have clubs any
0: of that shit and, yeah well i'm yeah. the same way it's like i do sometimes really good clubs but in other times i'm like i don't know how this is gonna go <laughs> And right. I hope for people that come to see me's sake that it's not shitty, you know? Right. Right. So I'm in that
1: scenario. But I don't know how this is gonna go. And she's like, I'm coming. And I'm like, uh. It's like she's just so annoying. She was so fucking cool. Like, I almost I I got drunk. I came this close after the show hanging out, being like, hey why can't you be this way online? Why are you always <laughs> like needy and asking me if I saw your shit? Like, well, you're so fucking cool right now. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, why can't you, the question is, why can't you be this cool? And then they're going to overthink, well, what did I do online? And, and it's like, that's not, there's no way to phrase that where it doesn't hurt their feelings a little bit. Yeah, you're completely right. And I, I
1: am the king of, hurting someone's feelings without knowing that i'm about to
0: yeah well you've done it three times to me already this show so that if we're you're making so confessions, quick <laughs> you're so quick and you're such a liar i saw your face up <laughs> when i talked about like, an actor you are uh the, now your reddit guy you're you, the guy you're following what's he posting because you you obviously posted a tattoo that's on his leg but i yeah. uh, are, are you seeing scenes full with dong? him and a, and, a, and a lady yeah Okay. No. And and by the way, I want
1: everyone to know, I did it once. I both liked how it made me feel and didn't, and I don't
0: plan to do it again. But yeah. it is my confession that I did do it once. These are my confession. It's it is weird because I did a a nudist resort with a a comedian that's been on the show, DJ Dangler, oh, which yes. is his real name. And it's weird. No, it's not. That is his real name. And he, you know, he, of course he has jokes about it, but it's like it's weird to know what your friend's penis looks like.
1: You oh, you guys I'm did saying? it
0: nude. Well, he did. Uh, yeah, I I didn't want to do it naked, but it's it's. I weird did. To... Go ahead. It, it's just weird because it's like I know if if I was looking, I could have seen what his butthole looks like, which I could probably describe it to ninety five percent accuracy, because that's just what based everybody's on his name holes, and hanging he... out with him. Yeah, but it's like to know what his like his dick looks like, which again I could describe that and probably be pretty accurate. But it's like I don't know what you look like nude, you yeah. know, and vice versa. Yeah. Well, I've sent you the pics and you, you never got back to me, but
1: yeah, yeah, you yeah. can. You just ask nicely. <laughs> I'll
0: just find what your Reddit uh, handle is and we'll figure
1: that out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't post. I know better because I know what happens to people that I you know that I creep on. Yeah. Uh, so we did. We've done a nudist, a gay nudist retreat. Uh, as we did a whole video on it. Yeah. Yeah. We've done it twice. Mm-hmm. And the first time we got nude at the very end of the weekend, mm-hmm. f- mostly for to put the pop on the video. You know. Like, yeah. And you guys can find that on Funny or Die. It's like well-read, Funny or Die, uh, gay naturist. But um, the next time we went back, I was like, I'm performing nude. Mm-hmm. And then I like got really insecure and performed bottomless. I pooed it. Yeah. Yeah. I, was you, out there, I went out there. Donald shirt duck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I videoed it with their permission. I was like, I won't post anything that you can see anything. Of you. If I post anything, I'll blur y'all out and my dick. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I haven't posted anything on it yet. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I went back and watched it. And I was like, I was like, is that what my dick looks like?
0: (laughs) Rarely have you seen it on uh, blown up on, on a screen and from that distance. Yeah. And usually you see it from, you have to go past your pecs to your belly button. And then you only see it from one angle.
1: Two and a half, three feet. Yeah. From one angle. Mm -hmm. And if I get a phone out, I can do a different angle, but from like three inches away. Yeah. So I'm seeing it and I, I'm like, I showed Andy, my wife was like, is that? And she's like, oh, it's shriveled. And I was like, that's what I thought. It's bigger than that. Right. (laughs) And I don't know if it was like adrenaline, fear, cold, Mm -hmm. but
0: it was, my dick didn't have a good set. It's, (laughs) yeah, I, me physically, I had a good set, but my dick was not the night. (laughs) Uh -uh.
1: I crushed. My ass went over so well with those guys, Mm -hmm. but my dick,
0: not the dick i had a bad dick day i also think that's probably a fight or flight thing where it's like they say the reason you get butterflies and stuff because your whatever digestive thing is you don't need to poop right now you need to do other things so probably your dick was in low power mode uh that's what i prefer to call it (laughs) because you don't need the dick right now (laughs) you're like i'm all up here uh, in my head and, and doing jokes, unless the, the joke requires your penis, which I assume I it said, did. well,
1: and I said I was 98% straight earlier. Maybe I'm 100% straight. My, maybe my dick saw all those
0: naked gay men and was mm-hmm. like, and we're shutting this down right <laughs> now. Yeah. What well, now, when you looked out in the audience, was everybody not at full power mode, but they weren't at low power. They were just kind of in, in between. Do you remember? A lot of a lot of chubs yeah a lot of uh, okay a lot of blood was flowing
1: and the, the other thing you got to understand about a gay nudist retreat nude doesn't mean that they're it's not like the spiritual for some of it i'm sure that it is mm-hmm. but at the show that night at least because that was the their event for the evening it wasn't like the spiritual nudist hippie thing it like these are gay men nude mm-hmm. meant their dick was out they had scarves hats mm-hmm. You know, all types of accessories for their dick, for their shoulders. So like it yeah. it looked like a YMCA. What's that band? Uh that's saying YMCA. The village people. The village people. It mm-hmm. looked like a
0: village people music video. Okay. That was that was X-rated or rated R. I do like the idea that they're fully clothed but somehow have worked in nude just in the penis area.
1: Yeah. It's great. It was my favorite thing about it too. I that's I think I opened with that. Okay. Yeah, you know, just like I'm loving how nude to you guys just means dicks out, assholes ablaze,
0: but the rest <laughs> of it
1: accessories.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really self conscious about my ankles. <laughs> I didn't I didn't plan it this way. Let's do one more confession, and I just read the beginning of it, so it'll kind of apply to you, Drew. Uh, it says oh, me and go. my partner are having a baby. She is in love with the name Henry. I haven't got the heart to tell her that at university, our homemade, homemade bong was called Henry. Uh, I must either spend my life uh, uh, knowing that my son is named after a bong or ruin her dreams. I think you gotta a letter name the
1: kid Henry and hope that he, the memories you make with your son will replace that. Mm-hmm. It would be different. I didn't know where the story was going. It would have been different if he was like, my bully's name was henry like if it was something that was painful for him yeah it's like dude it sounds like you had a good time with henry the bong yeah tra- transmute
0: that goodness into henry the son mm-hmm. it's time to put the henry the bong up on the shelf and yeah. play with henry your son and you, you call yeah, him Hank. yeah like now have you guys yep. had that conversation yet of names or, or you know yeah, we've had it, and we think we've got them picked
1: out. For or we don't know the the sex or the gender yet. <laughs> you guys, whichever one you guys tell me it is. Um, <laughs> but uh, we have those picked out. We did have not, not tension, but in terms of just like a disagreement. So for a girl, we were going to go with Ruby, Rachel, mm-hmm. and my wife likes that name, but I think she likes the name Indigo better, and okay. call her Indy. Okay, and I was a I was a hard no on that. Why is that? I just feel like Indigo sounds like a young lady whose parents, um, were doing peyote when she took her first steps.
0: Okay, be- I because you you had Ruby, which is, that would be a no for me because I have a cousin. Her name is not Ruby, but they call her Ruby, and she was on, Mori. That's uh, a lot of my family is like mori Mori people, you know. Um, so that for that me, it's like I can't s- have such a-,
1: a funny and specific demographic marker. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you just blew my mind because I'm so trash. Like just you know, people who are related to me, prison, pillbillies. Mm-hmm people with a lot of kids like but i don't think i've ever even heard
0: of anyone going on maury povich but the the thing is there are people out there he was on what on air for whatever just like retired i think last year and he's almost 80 that well, was an it episode because that that's Mel birth how i know all that stuff. Out. yeah the <laughs> male birth control came out and he was like i'm out of the game i can't do it but it's yeah it's like somebody had to be on maury and it was uh, a <laughs> one droopy. of those ruby it was Ruby and th- their story was the through line. Like they previewed it at the beginning of the episode and then like coming up, it was there. That was the big finale that they were promoting. And my brother, thanks for bringing him up. Drew uh, <laughs> called me. He like, he called me and it he called twice. So I, that's how, you know, you got to answer. if Somebody calls twice. And I, yeah. I was like, hello. and He's like, turn on the TV right now. They're on Mori." So it's like, I, I haven't been able to find the ep- There's been so many episodes of that show and uh, it's, it's all who's the father type stuff. So I haven't been able to find that episode again. But it was, uh, you know, there was fighting and all that stuff. But it's like, that's why the name Ruby for me would be out.
1: Uh, I'm looking right now to see if I can find it. Um, and I probably won't be able to. Yeah, I get that. I, I don't, so... I have very little of that. There's definitely Mm -mm. some names, I'm sure. I can think of like one or two off the top of my head that I don't want to even tell the story of where it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's out. But for me, it's also like, yeah, but this kid's going to replace that. Yeah. But with with Indy, it's not just like that I've met a kid named Indigo and they were annoying and had a neat, pray, love goop mom, which Mm -hmm. is true but it's also just like i don't like it like it, it it the name itself doesn't make me feel good things it makes me think of things that i dislike whereas ruby doesn't and also my my grandmother went by the name Geraldine mm-hmm. uh, but her name was Ruby Geraldine and it, hilariously so it's a family name but hilariously she hated the name ruby mhm which is extra funny because red was her favorite color by a lot Mm-hmm. And she would anything that was red that you bought her. She'd be like, that's sexy. <laughs> she thought anything, any clothing that was red was hot to her. So she was trying to get her a blood boyfriend. But um, she hated the name. So we're honoring her. But we're also kind of pissing her off, which if you knew her, that's extra funny.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, You call her Ruby because she didn't like it. But it's also a tribute and all that stuff. I do. I can appreciate that. And you're going to make you know, wh- whoever your kid is, you're going to make new Ruby memories or who, you know, exactly. R- Ruby, the name Ruby will mean my kid. If we have
1: a daughter and name a Ruby, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get, and I get this guy's fear or whatever, but it's like, dude, if you really think that you'll be shouting Henry's name as he crosses home plate, or this is England as he kicks the soccer football into the goal, uh, yeah. at, at 14, like, no, you. that's silly. Like that one of your friends will bring it up and you'll be like, what? Oh, right. Oh yeah. Henry will be your kid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I really hope drew for my sake that you name your kid Ruby. And then she ends up on Maury. (laughs) They bring the show back. And then somehow this 100 year old man has, has Ruby on the show. I always thought you were the nicest guy in the world, but what (laughs) you just said to me was so mean. That is probably the meanest thing I've said what I, I wished Maury on your unborn child. <laughs> no one's
1: ever been on Maury for good reasons. Why would you I know. say that?
0: Yeah, it's never uh we have this big check for you for I don't I'll take it I take it back. I don't mean that true. It's, it's never been like you are the hero, like on Ellen or whatever,
1: you know. It's never been like he saw a bird with a broken wing. It's never that. Yeah. It's straight up who is the dad, we don't know.
0: I'm afraid of cotton. Well, we got some <laughs> cotton in the back. Bring it out, like. <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah, let's great. let's wrap up on on that. Uh, Drew, you All right. you have a podcast called uh, you said Gravy Baby, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, and said... I still have the Well Read podcast. Hmm. That's still uh, and then you tour as a stand up you i don't know why i'm trying to guess what you're what you're promoting but you have that mini special all you have to do is go to youtube search uh drew morgan and while you're there subscribe to his channel because that's a way for independent talent to monetize stuff and whether you watch it or not it just helps with numbers it's all good stuff yeah
1: and i think i'm gonna call it tennessee's a drag
0: okay yeah but that, so, that's out yeah, by, maybe by i the- just decided
1: Let's I'm glad I could help out. You're welcome. I'm gonna name it my daughter won't be on poor
0: Maury <laughs> I did I take it back. I I told you I, I don't mean it.
1: Oh, you meant <laughs> <laughs> Drew, thanks for uh
0: for coming and confessing your sins and they're absolved. Oh thank you, Father <laughs> Brent. <laughs> it's the field trip podcast with Brent.